Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this December to this member. And tonight, uh, the Dean should be returning to the show with his film pick of the week, Body Melt, from 1993, directed by Philip Brophy. We will see if he, in fact, does return, or is it going to be another No Dean December? And then we'll have to scramble for some notes to talk about, but we'll see. We'll see. Still holding out hope. Not here yet, so... Not promising, but we will find out if he doesn't back return to talk about some Australian goopy goop uh, later on in the show. But as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the gold geek Keith. Oh, hey, good day, mate. I'm your, your resident Italian-Australian giddy guy in a car. How are you today? Welcome. Oh, right, yeah. That's it. Gino <laughs> Just a typical Italian name, Geno Argento. Oh, stop it. (laughs) It, It's, yeah, there he is. So, and of course, we are joined by the psychotic Simeon, the mad monkey, the prince of Morris Bay. Get funky with the monkey? Yes, King, it's that time, folks, talking terror time, baby. Your favorite horror podcast there is in all of the land. Your go-to source for horror news and movie reviews. Then the only way, hey, the Talking Terror way, baby. Just make sure to be a dear to like and subscribe to Talking Terror on both Facebook and Instagram. And we're cutting this shit short because the Dean is back, baby. Indeed. No Dean December, no more. Welcome back to the show, Demonic Dean. (laughs) No Dean uh, December is no more. No half half Dean November, uh, no more. uh, We return uh, for um, my my first visit to Talking Terror and some time to, to talk things that we usually talk about and movies that we usually talk about and all of the wonderful things you can count on from your intrepid hosts here at Talking Terror. Yes. Including Body Melt. <laughs> yes, indeed. We'll be talking about that. Including Body so, Melt, tonight's feature film from 1992. Yeah, well, it, it's a movie. definitely is. Uh, we're <laughs> going to be talking about it later on in the show. Uh, but yes, of course, we are really glad to have you back, Dean, bringing the whole crew oh, back you. together again. The whole family's back. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, so, again, welcome uh, I know we got horror news to talk about. There's some things, I'm sure, but do you guys have anything you want to talk about before we get into it? Oh, just real quick, uh, I wanted to say that I got a chance to check out the movie Troll that's out now on Netflix. Not giving any spoilers or anything like that. Just say if you are a fan of giant monster movies, kaiju, anything like that, it's a fun, fun watch. Uh, again, like you like big monster shit, yeah, check it out. It's definitely worth the watch, in my opinion. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. Heard good things, so I'm probably going to end up checking it out myself. Um, but I wanted to say real quick, I had the weirdest kind of like almost horror movie experience when I went to Walmart and had nothing to do with customers. Oh. It had to do with service reps. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to the store and they have these people that want to sign you up for a cable or for a phone package or something like that, and they're always holding their little clipboards, and they want to talk to you. So anyway, I'm in one of the aisles, and I'm like, okay, i got to go to the next aisle, and I'm looking at the signs, and all of a sudden I see this woman go, hey, what's going on? I'm like, she came out of nowhere. Like, I didn't know where she came from. I was like, was she hiding behind one of the boxes? Because I didn't see her. And then she's you talking about like this. <laughs> she's talking about this whole package and how if I sign up for it, I'll get like a $20 uh, Walmart gift card, and I love gift cards, so I signed up for it. And all of a sudden, she's like, okay, great, see ya. And she disappeared. Like, I turned around, and she was gone. Like, I was looking in the aisles, like, where did she go? And she vanished. I was like, is that a ghost? Did I just get a gift card from a ghost? Because literally, she just <laughs> fucking vanished. Like, I was like, I swear to God, I was talking to her. I was like, is this Sixth Sense? Was that just Bruce Willis? Like, it was just the weirdest <laughs> fucking experience. I have no idea where she went. I never saw her again, and I was around the entire store. So I was like, unless, like, the monkey said she's a ninja, and it was a trap door somewhere. It was just fucking bizarre. <laughs> Did she run off and uh, so bring you your gift card? Did, no, she gave me the gift card through email, so I got it. But as soon as it, like, went through, she's like, did you get it? I said, yeah. She, like, did a half turn, and then I turned to look at her, and she was gone. I was like, did she come down? Is she hiding behind boxes? <laughs> no. She was fucking gone. Like, I actually checked the entire store because I was, like, going crazy. Like, ah, no. I'm like, no way, dude. I didn't just fucking imagine a ghost giving me a Walmart gift card for 20 bucks, but apparently I did. <laughs> well, King, King, you didn't imagine that, but you, you actually <laughs> had the realization that there are probably credit cards being opened in your name all across the land. That's okay. Yeah. My, shit, my credit is shit. Like, it's like two. <laughs> so, good luck opening up credit cards in my name. Like, I actually hope you actually get some of my debt. <laughs> So good luck <laughs> with my massive amount of bad credit and debt. So enjoy it. There you have Like they're going to come knocking at my door like, look, I'm sorry. We were trying to steal your info. It turns out you're pretty much fucked. So we'll, we'll just give it back. We'll just give it back. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> you know, we'd no, like to return. Uh, sir, we'd, we'd like to return your <laughs> identity to you. We, just, we're so we do not. We don't want this shit. <laughs> I mean, we should have known by looking at you that you obviously have a problem. You're wearing a stained jacket with a weird horror T-shirt underneath, and it looks like you haven't shaved in a while. So we should have known, but we didn't. We just thought you were clever. No, no, actually, my was terrible. But thanks. I mean, the $20 gift card is going to go a long way. <laughs> you can get just, yourself another chia pet. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> The holidays are almost twenty dollars. <laughs> to, to, to sit in a box in a closet somewhere, buried probably. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, all my chia boxes are in my closet. I'm like I have a pile of them in my uh, dining room closet, unopened, just, just sitting there staring at me, going, "Grow us, grow us!" I'm like, "Not now." You guys are fucked. You get to sit in my closet and think about what you did by existing. Dude, one day a fucking a chia monster is gonna come like falling out of that closet. One day it's gonna be like you know just kind of like instead of where's my cake, you know it's like where's my water? Uh, yeah, probably. That, uh, that's a good thing there, that you uh, brought up brought up the chia pets because uh, you know with the holiday season approaching, 
or we're us being smack in the middle of it, maybe maybe a resupply is in order. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> or, or the king. No. Or, 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 or King is going to come in drenching wet from doing his grocery shopping, trip, fall into the closet, and then he's going to come out, and like a week later, he's going to be all covered in alfalfa sprout vegetation like Stephen King and fucking Creep Show. And he's going like, to get Darryl? rid of this shit. Meteor <laughs> shit! <laughs> Chia pet shit! <laughs> what? Weighing on the floor of my apartment, the monkey's going to come over. I'm just going to be like, kill me. He's like, oh, my God, prophecy fulfilled. The chief has got him. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, smack that is still on, right? Yes. All right, we're cool. <laughs> yeah. here's, your, here's your beer. Just, yeah. I'm just no, don't, 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 don't give quick. me more liquids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to step over your dead body real quick. I mean, I will call the cops at a certain point, but SmackDown's up until 10, so, I mean, after 10, like, we're game. Like, I will call the police. I'll call the paramedics. Can you just hang out until then? Okay, cool. And I guess we won't need your cigarettes this week either. So, score me. <laughs> the embarrassing ways that I could possibly die. I thought about a million of them. And I just have to add that to the list. Geofixing. I was like, because I... Yeah, because I would just, like, die in the stupidest fucking way. Like, it wouldn't be, like, a cool fucking death. It'd be, like, I got a paperclip and I, you know, and just stabbed myself accidentally and I bled to death for some reason. Like, that would be, like, the fucking way that I would go out. Like, oh, no, paper cut. <laughs> That's how we went out. <laughs> this giant fucking 300-pound, six-foot man died from a paper cut. Like, how? We don't know. He just said, fuck the hospitals and just died. Just one fucking <laughs> drip at a time. Yeah. It's fine. It's going to stop eventually, right? We need to go to the hospital. No, we don't. Fuck them doctors. I'm not letting them touch me. You know what that bill is going to be? No way, dude. I wrapped it up in a paper towel. It'll be fine. I ran it under the tap. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> a little tap water and a little paper towel is going to fix me right up. But... Yeah, like that, like I said, just stupid fucking ways. Like, you know, I accidentally fell asleep one day and just slipped past the alarm, hit my head, and I'm dead. <laughs> Go out the Bob Saget way. How did he die? Oh, oh, he fucking hit his head in the wall. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. He Bob Saget himself to death. Shit. <laughs> Oof. Ouch. <laughs> too soon. Bumping on the head. Oh, too soon. Way too soon. <laughs> Oh, look, it's Uncle Joey coming to save the day. Don't Does forget, King, when you're, Shut up. When you're a boss out there and you're all alone, Daddy is waiting to carry you home. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll be my replacement for talking clear. to Dave Coulier after I die. <laughs> Uncle fucking Joey's no. whole house. <laughs> we are not letting it. No, we are not letting Dave Cooley in on this show. We, we, we do not have the budget to put Amber Alerts out every week. Why not? No, he's fine. Like, truly he'll have some great Alanis Morissette stories. <laughs> like, yeah, I used to bang Alanis Morissette in the movie theater. It was fucking great. Like, wow, Dave Cooley, <laughs> you're so cool. We used to think Uncle Jesse was the cool one. Obviously not. He didn't get ahead in the movie theater with Alanis Morissette. She blew me while watching Free Willy for the seventh time. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always have to be about you, ghoul. 
<laughs> that was Dave Couillet. He beat my record. He was on seven. I only went six. I didn't get any <laughs> Can't beat the king, bitch. Damn, Dave Couillet. That's right, seven. I got seven on you. Damn, he's hardcore. You knew he was such a pussy house. He was just playing with puppets all the time on the show. You never would have known. <laughs> but with that being said, Dean, as you are back, what do you have for horror news? What are we talking about? Excited to have this back. Oh, there are just so many things to talk about. Uh, I know that, or I don't know, but I know that you were talking on about uh, the first look at the upcoming Scream film, uh, which has... Uh, making a, a location switch to a New York City uh, setting. Uh, we know that the Scream 6 film is coming in March. Uh, did anybody get a chance? Not that I'm here to like, oh, let's talk about the teaser, but did anybody get a chance to check it out by chance? Oh, yeah. Scream yeah. takes Manhattan. <laughs> yes. yes. I should have saved that for Scream Part 8. <laughs> I thought the little subway set trailer, teaser, whatever you want to call it, uh, was pretty cool. Uh, the ghost face mask um, in some of the imagery that they've shared seems to have like a new kind of weathered look to it. Mm-hmm. This go around, and um, you know we'll have to see what happens. But in the world of Scream, uh, Kevin Williamson has recently stated that uh, all the way back in Scream Two, uh, that the killing off of Randy was essential. Uh, he said that in the original oh. script for the first film uh, that they had Officer uh, Dewey uh, dying, but Craven, uh, at Wes Craven's suggestion, they said you should show him uh, getting into the ambulance uh, just in case um, and said that that was the right decision, the best decision, uh, but that for the <laughs> second film, uh, as soon as they knew that Dewey was surviving, uh, that pretty much sealed the fate for Randy. They said for the second film uh, that Randy was going to be dead for sure. They had to kill off a legacy character to to like anger the audience towards the killer and, and have that kind of emotional moment. So Kevin Williams, so Kevin Williamson, opening up on on some of his thoughts surrounding uh, different things throughout the uh, you know the lifetime of this series uh, that continues to, to scare Randy scare up business. Watson. <laughs> I mean, Craven probably just didn't like Jimmy Kennedy. He was probably like, I'm sick of this fucking guy. Can we just fucking kill him in the second one? Like, I had to deal with him for the entire first fucking movie. Can we just why, ax him why, why, in part two? Why, why, why would you be annoyed with me? I mean, what's the problem? What's going on? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't bother anybody. We want to talk a little bit. That's all. Hold on, man. You know, why are you running away? Did you ever see Malibu's Most Wanted? That's one of the best movies ever. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Is that... Lewis impression? What? What's the name of the one? Oh, it's terrible. I don't think it was Malibu's Most Wanted. What was the name of the one where he's a uh, like a break dancer, like a kid that like was in a coma for thirty years and from a break dancing competition, and he like woke up and was still trying to be a break dancer, but he was like an old man. What was that one called? I have no idea, man. <laughs> Wasn't that Malibu's Most Beyond Wanted me. too? <laughs> no, 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 you know what I'm talking about because I feel like back in the day I you were do, like, you told I me do to watch know it. what movie you're talking about. Yes, yes, I do. I will find, I'll find it, it for you. Don't, don't you worry. What's it called? Kicking it old school. What's it called? Kicking it old school. What is that actor's name? Even? I can't even think of his name. Jamie Kennedy. Oh, Jamie Kicking Kennedy. Kicking it old school. Kicking it yeah, old school. Kicking it old school. You know what? He he was fun 
in Romeo and Juliet. I, I will give mm-hmm. him that. You know. Yeah, but we yeah we talked about that, but yeah, mm-hmm. and as far as the Scream Six teaser, it's only a minute long. It was pretty good, but uh, I like the fact that they have a kid wearing a Jason mask on the subway. Uh, oh, look at that. Calling it back to Manhattan. <laughs> you know, it's a, a cool uh, there was also someone in the background yeah. uh, that yeah. you bring up the Jason mask. Guy. I didn't catch the Jason mask, but in the background, uh, there was somebody dressed up like the, the grabber from Phone Booth. Yeah. Or the black mm-hmm. phone. The grabber also, from the black phone. There was, there was a grabber back there. And there was also a kid in a Freddy hat that was walking around the aisle that they showed real quick. Yeah, so. no. I thought it was a fun little trailer. I'm, I'm excited for it. You know what? I'll, I'll go see it in March, and uh, and that'll be that. You know? Yeah, I just I, I hope that, you know, they're doing the whole Vancouver, British Columbia thing for New York again. I'm like, oh, here we go. Montreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, short circuit. I don't know <laughs> the costs of shooting in New York, but come on, man. Like, we did this already with Jason Takes Manhattan. Like, can't you have the budget to shoot in New York for a little while? Like, maybe we'll see Times Square once. It's, like in J- it's, expen- it's, it's expensive, man, and there's a lot of rules, and there's all kinds of shit that they give you about stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's a difficult sell, you know? That's why I think a lot of the whole uh, – I think that's why there's such a big push now to get this whole studio thing set up in, in New Jersey, you know? I'm, I'm guessing they're hoping that there might be some, uh, so some wiggle room oh, yeah, yeah. for them to, to pull some of that shit off there. Yeah. And it's also, you know, the reasoning for that 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 uh, Jason takes Manhattan. Like ninety percent of the movie took place in sea. Took place in the in sea. Yeah, um, in the ocean. And I'm pretty sure if I that they shot the sequence in uh, in Times Square. I'm pretty sure they shot that rogue without a permit. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. It was definitely rogue. It was definitely it's like the, the cameras. Let's go. Boat. You know, and, and of course, you know, <laughs> they wanted Jason to be. They wanted Jason to be jumping off the Statue of Liberty. They wanted him to go to Broadway. Like, they had all these things that they wanted to do. But, of course, Broadway. you know, budgetary restraints. But, you know, like, I'm watching that, the, the teaser, and you see the ghost face on the train, and you see Jenny Ortega and Melissa Carrera, you know, and they're like, oh, shit, he's back. It's like, I don't know. I kind of want, like, Spider-Man 2 level subway, where all of a sudden all the New Yorkers are like, hey, motherfucking ghost face, you want to come over here and try something? You can't attack those girls. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to see that fucking level. Oh, look at this fucking guy with a mask over here, you fucking queer. Come on, come over here. Try to stab me, motherfucker. Bronx, baby. Like, I want to see that fucking level of New York. Listen, you know, if if you follow the news at all, you know, that that level of New York is not necessarily there anymore. You know, violent crimes in subways are are, kind of up at the moment, and and stabbings and flashings and shit like that are happening on a regular basis. And they're not happening with people going, hey, motherfucker, you're going to do that? No, like, you know, people see a fucking person with a knife, they fucking go the other way. You know, so so they're, they're not entirely wrong when they say, you know, they might not hear you scream. Now, I mean, obviously, I don't know, uh, dramatic purposes, yeah, you're going to stab the person while you're in a mask, and you're going to get right up real close to her, and you're going to look her in the eyes and watch as she dies in that car. Um, that might be uh, Sydney. <laughs> My name is Sydney. Don't call me Sydney. I'm not Sydney. I'm everybody but Sydney until the end of the movie. When it's like, oh look, it's Sydney. Um, <laughs> not Sydney. Not Sydney. <laughs> My mom's name is Sydney. My initials are NS for not Sydney. <laughs> Find me. I'm the killer. NS. 
And then Campbell rips the mask off. Nobody saw this twist coming. (laughs) On 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 that note, with other uh, things I wanted to bring up about Scream and the the upcoming film, uh, both uh, Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera have said, uh, and this uh, sounds similar to things we heard before Halloween Kills, but they have both said that this um, Scream 6 will be the most gory and violent ever, uh, saying that it isn't gory. They're saying it isn't just gory. It's a hundred times gorier than any Scream movie, uh, more violent than ever, um, with extreme level of creative kills and blood. So uh, we shall see what that all means when the time comes. Uh, But that's what they're out there talking about right now. Yeah, I remember uh, Jenny Ortega saying that because she was like, you don't really need need Nev Campbell because we're going to be fucking gory as hell, man. Like the kills are going to be intense. They're going to be fucking just so gory and bloody. I mean, that's cool, but I don't know. I've never thought of Ghostface and just incorporated like bloody, gory intestines flying everywhere. Like he's a stabber and gun or he uses a gun. You know, I mean, he just, he's not, you know, he doesn't rip people apart. Like he's like, you got to You got to do a lot to keep the attention of the kids these days. Yeah, you do. And, you know, you hope that they deliver on their promises. But again, like there was a, a, a release screenshot from the movie where Ghostface is in a bodega and he's holding a shotgun. I was like, all right, I, I'm okay with that. But people are like, no way. He doesn't, he doesn't use guns. I'm like, yeah, he does. Ghostface always uses a gun of some kind in all the movies. Billy and Stu use guns. Roman use guns. And Mrs. Loomis use guns. Like they, it's not like, what? He's using automatic weapons this time? Like, no. It, it's been in the series. For some reason, they always get their hands on a pistol. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> they just want to use the fucking ghost face. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd see that. <laughs> ah, Sydney. I'm calling you, Sydney. Where are you? What is your favorite scary movie, Sydney? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to die tonight, Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? How did they get him in this movie? Yeah. What is uh, nobody expects Arnold. Arnold expects Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> nobody expects oh. me. <laughs> yeah, I would just fucking love him. We are like, here to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the killer at the end of this movie is going to be fucking Dewey. He's going to be like, I didn't die, bitch. Can't kill me. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> oh, shit. He's the killer this time. <laughs> I didn't see that twist coming. I thought he was really dead. No, I survived. They can't kill me. <laughs> so that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. But Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? So excited. Uh, so, <laughs> so excited. Uh, so exciting. We, uh, there's an interesting for the Christmas season, and I don't know if this has been going around for more than this year, or if this is something new, but apparently... Uh, there is an online theory going around that uh, Kevin McAllister, uh, the hero of uh, the Home Alone film, uh, grew up uh, to become uh, Jigsaw from the Saw movies, uh, with the online theory saying that there is a physical likeness uh, with the blonde hair and blue eyes, a propensity for torturing victims, uh, communicating via electronic device, uh, intimate traps, uh, that Jigsaw's bear trap uh, Inti- looks wait, very in- similar intimate, to... In- intimate traps? 
like uh, intricate. Sorry, I can't read my chicken uh, scratch. Uh, intricate. Say, intricate. Uh, Ooh la la. Come here, Joe. Ooh la la. Uh, Ooh la la. <laughs> Jigsaw's bear trap looks very similar to the McAllister furnace that Kevin McAllister was uh, traumatized by whenever he went down into the basement. So now, does, uh, does Jigsaw's bear trap kept, capture like big, hairy gay men? Like, is that Jigsaw? Uh, is that how ooh, it's so intimate? Hello there, sailor. Uh, I do not know. But... Where's the wet bandits, bitch? <laughs> I want that movie. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to rob you. We're going to steal all your money. What can you do about the wet bandits, bitch? <laughs> gives a whole, a, gives a whole new meaning to the sticky bandits. <laughs> oh. It's so sticky. Why are we so sticky, Harry? I don't know, Marv. We gotta rob some people. <laughs> Third movie that could be the please. salty bandits. <laughs> the salty uh, bandits. Ew, it tastes weird. Oh, and taste vision. Tastes like prison. We've been there. <laughs> We're not going back ever. I mean, it's, maybe it, a I little. Guess it's an interesting theory. I mean. Kevin did have a fucking phone in that movie he never fucking used once. So obviously he just got off yeah. of torturing fucking two guys trying to rob his house. I never thought once, oh, maybe I'll call the cops. I'll just, you know, 911 up this thing. No, <laughs> I got to see these I fucking mean, maybe, get tortured. Maybe he just knew how useless the PD were, you know, like in that area. <laughs> probably pretty, pretty fucking bad, you know. It might be. I mean, I like the fan theory that I put on my Facebook page that uh, Kevin's dad was being funded by Tony Soprano so he could have his fucking big-ass house and board all those tickets to Paris first class. This morning, got a boom, boom, got a boom, boom in your eyes. Yeah, Mr. McAllister, you know, I'm just so tired of you owing us fucking money over here. You know, we're going to cut your fucking balls off if you don't pay us back. All right, we're going to Paris. And fucking Tony shows up at Kevin's house. Yo, Kevin, where's your piece of shit dad? He owes us fucking money. Uh-uh, guys, I have traps. No, we got guns. Bang, bang, you're dead. End of movie. <laughs> and then they're burying him in the backyard while the creepy neighbor next door is like, oh, shit. I ain't, I ain't digging the hole. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I make this argument. I bet you Kevin McAllister could, could beat up Tony Soprano. Because, I mean, you know what? Patricia Arquette beat him. Well, yeah. No, the fucking right to the foot. Yeah, no, she did some damage in true romance. I don't know. Tony Soprano, though, you know, he could stick out a gun and shoot him in the head. Alabama Whirly. I don't know why Harry and Margaret thought of that. It would have been a short fucking movie. Alabama (laughs) Whirly. I mean, what a great fucking movie that would be. Tony Soprano just shows up at Kevin's house and just kills him. Oh, look, this fucking kid geared up all these traps. (laughs) Not going to use these tonight. All right, Paul, go dig a hole in the back. Oh, come on, Tony. I don't want to dig a hole. To kind of to tie that yeah, together, d- yeah, d- uh, if, you, if you think about it, people have often wondered uh, what kind of work uh, Kevin McAllister must have done uh, to like, have that house and be able to buy a whole family's worth of first-class tickets all the way to France. And, right. uh, you know, uh, Kevin McAllister's father, um, you know, worked for Tony Soprano. Yeah, he did. I'm telling you, he did. You know, because even in the second one, he had that unlimited credit card that, like, he just racked up the charges on. So, you know, his dad's sweating it out. Like, oh, God, I'm running so much debt with Tony. 
what am I going to do? <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you. I got to. I got to. And I know this is a family movie, but you, you deserve this beating because I owe the fucking mob a lot of money now. Ah, oh, Dad, I was just having fun. Yeah, I'm going to have fun whooping your ass. Oh, damn. <laughs> then you just have a theme song at home while playing that really sweet music as he's getting fucking hit in his room. <laughs> You should all. A lot of a lot of people don't remember this, but you should take a look at the group right now because legitimately Kevin McAllister's father worked for Tony Soprano. Yeah, that's why I said that was the meme yeah. I put on my Facebook yeah. page. This is why you said that. There's a picture of it on the Facebook page. Don't you pay attention? Let him see the Facebook page. Like, like, come on, man. The king works really hard to put stuff up on the Talking Tower page. Don't you look at anything? No. Well, not often, no, I don't. I, I don't. Because I'll tell you why. Because while I Because you live in your own my... world, Dean, we know. <laughs> All right, it's not all about you, Google, so why don't you let me answer. Uh, the, um, <laughs> Facebook does this weird, does, made a change. So, like, I'm, I'm logged into my account, but also, like, as Talking Terror, and it does this weird thing now where, like, you just can't kind of switch back and forth. When I try to go to, like, right. the Talking that. Terror page, it, like, logs me out of my own page. It's, like, a whole convoluted thing now. Um, and, like, the Talking Terror page does not show up in my, in, my, in my feed of my regular account. So I don't actually often see things from the, the Facebook page. Nope. So there you go. So explanation. So there you go. We got it. But Lock all notifications Callister. Uh, James Wan himself chimed in and said that um, McAllister was not an inspiration, but he says that he absolutely loves these theories. He thinks they're awesome. And also, in the world of Scream, it's long been said that Tobin, I mean, the world of Saw, that it's long been said that Tobin Bell uh, is returning for for the next Saw film, but now, uh, and that's official, but now it's uh, big time word going around that Shawnee Smith will once again be returning to the fold as well as uh, the Saw franchise just continues to to, to, to plug away. So yeah, it's going to be a weird movie. Book of Saw thing that they were doing or, or whatever yeah, the Chris Rock thing done. was. Oh, oh, Spiral? Yeah. Spiral. spiral. Yeah, yeah I, don't, done, I don't know done. how it all works. I never even actually saw Spiral. Um, it's pretty bad. That's, that's it's, it's not good. Uh, you know that wouldn't have prevented me from watching it. Like it had its run on like whatever, whichever of the the, the premium movie channels I have it like had a run, and I kept trying to catch it, and I just I never I never caught it. No, I, I, I saw it. I, 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 I watched it. I have no recollection of what that movie was about. But you know what? Honestly, that pretty much encapsulates every Saw movie for me, you know, except for probably the first. Yeah, yeah. I think the first movie is the only one that I really have any memory of. And every sequel, like I, like I said, I have all of them, but I'm still, like, I still mm-hmm. have never watched past, I think, part four or part five, one or the other. Like, I, I get to it, and then I'm like, all right, I start watching, and I'm like, oh, I remember this, I remember this, I remember this. And then I stop the movie, I go to the next one, and I'm like, but I don't remember this. So I go back to the other one, and then I just stop completely, and I never get to wherever the fuck I need to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're it's pretty not, forgettable it's movies. It's not a choose-your-own-adventure ghoul. <laughs> it, it feels yeah. like it. I remember Don, Don, Donnie Wahlberg is in some of them, and uh, two. He, yeah, he's and, in uh, he's in part two. Is he in part two and four? Was it, he he died oh, in the four. beginning of part four, right? Uh, at the end. 
he does. Spoiler. Oh, um, at the end. Yeah. So, so maybe it's not a spoiler. Maybe I don't remember the movie. I don't know. I thought he died at the beginning or something. No, he so got okay. trapped by Amanda, uh, Shawnee Swift's character, and he was put into a trap where he was on a block of ice. And it would, you know, it would teeter and topple. And if he topped off of it, he would strangle himself to death. And it was a weird thing. And the whole movie no, he just ended up getting up there, right? Like for the most part, the whole yep, movie's there. The that's kind of like your ticking clock. Okay, so whatever movie that is, I think that's the last Saw movie that I saw. That's the fourth one? Yes, that's the fourth one. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, so that was the whole thing with the uh, rigs. Yeah. What about so, they always have connecting threads with these movies, but it, with Saw 10, like I'm looking forward to having Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith come back, but it's going to be a lot of just flashbacks because they're both dead in canon. Like they can't come back. Like Jigsaw, Why that movie, the whole thing. Why would you ruin that? I didn't they're know They're both that. dead? They're yeah, both, they're both dead. dead in the series. They're both, yeah, they're both dead. dead in the series. Yeah, Jigsaw died in part three. That I know. Yeah. And so did uh, Amanda. She died in the same movie. I'm shocked. Yeah, they. they I'm yeah, shocked. No, they, I tell you. Yeah, Donnie Wahlberg, you know, attempted to kill her and, and it succeeded. And yeah, Donnie there was a. Uh, he was succeeded. So he was succeeded by another person, Hoffman, who took over the mantle of Jigsaw, and then Hoffman had his story until the final chapter. Oh, and yeah, you Hoffman, see his, Hoffman uh, was a cop too, wasn't he? Yes. I love that. Okay, he was he working part, for Jigsaw. Is he in part five. Yep, he's in all of them. Maybe we just need to start making these picks. <laughs> Wait a minute, maybe I did see part five then. I don't know, whatever. He's in all of them until the final chapter. Like you and your pets, I'm going to continue to own these movies, but just never use them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen all of them, my, including Book of Saw, so yeah. Yeah, so, but um, yeah, it's going to have to definitely be kind of just like a flashback type of movie. They did that with Jigsaw, the movie before Spiral, where it's like, yeah, we're going to have this movie. Jigsaw's not in it until, like, you know, maybe towards the end we'll show him. Maybe not. You know, they kind of tease that a little bit. Um, not a great movie. You know, not a great ending. But I'm just – I'm a sucker for Saw movies. It's just about the kills. Donnie. Like, they're just so creative and fun. Like, if that's what you go there for. You don't go there for the plot. You guys can't even remember the plots. Exactly. Because it's just the kills. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you're going there for. You're not going there for the in-depth story about John Kramer, Jigsaw, who's dying from cancer and just has a vengeance for the world, where he goes after the, the medical insurance companies in part five, where he's like, well, I'm going to make them all pay. All of them? <laughs> all of the medical insurance representatives? Yes. They're or all only the ones with mascots. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all evil. I'm against the medical industry. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're helping you be cancer, you <laughs> know. No, they did a horrible job. They cost me too much. I saw that bill, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's literally part five, where he's just astounded by how his medical bills are so expensive, and he's like, I'm going to make them all pay. I'm like, wow, all right. So he has a message. That's <laughs> always Jigsaw's plan. But, all right, moving on, Dean, what do you got? Avatar 2, The Way of Yo. Water. Yay. Projected. <laughs> To have a five hundred and twenty-five million dollar opening, uh, with no a hundred with projections of a hundred and seventy-five million domestic and three hundred and fifty million international. Uh, that's the high end of the projections. Uh, John, uh, sorry, James, James Cameron says that uh, this cost a fuck ton of money, and says that in order for this movie to break even. Ultimately, it needs to be like the third or fourth highest grossing film in the history of the movies. 
uh, to break even. So God, um, I want this thing to fail so bad. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> seen, I haven't seen what the what the budget number was for this thing. Um, I did see something that said that, like visually, it will be absolutely remarkably stunning, unlike anything that's ever been seen before. Um, but I also did see that uh, if this is a if this is deemed a failure, uh, it it will change the plans as far as you know the volume of sequels that they say are in the pipeline for this. So oh, you mean you um, won't make five? Fingers more? crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, we'll see what uh, happens. I, but, you know, I, I think it, I think it's is, a major risk. Major risk yeah. on their part. Yeah, yeah. we've said it here. Yeah. We've said it here many Huge. times. Agreed. Come up over yep. the years. Uh, since this has been in production, we've, um, you know, so, but the time is upon us, like it's here. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be curious to see how it all unfolds and, and what happens. And if uh, the, the, the mass populace is uh, willing to return to, to Wakanda. So um, we'll see what happens. Wakanda? Wakanda? I'm Wait, obviously uh, I'm like obviously Navi world? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what the world's called. Pandora, Pandora, that was the name of it. Pandora. It Pandora. Uh, oh, okay. Pandora and, and their Navi movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Navi. I've still to this point Navi-Dar. only seen that movie one time. <laughs> I'm hoping that I'll be able to. Uh, I haven't used my, my, my AMC A list at all uh, recently, so I'm hoping one of the theaters will have oh, what the, a great uh, the original. The, uh, the, hey, yeah. Shut up, man. I've just been busy. <laughs> 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 Oh, shut up, man. Uh, <laughs> that. I, I, I beat myself up enough mouth. about it, okay? I don't need to hear it from yeah, other fucking people. Yeah, you beat your enough about it. That's no. true. Um, but uh, no, I'm hoping one of the theaters will have uh, the original playing just so I can uh, try to catch it one more time before I see the sequel. Because I have, like, I, I remember, like, the bare basics of the, the original yeah, movie and its plot. Yes. But, you know, I... But then again, looking at from what the trailers have shown, <laughs> it looks like this might be advancing far enough into the future of like that world or whatever to where you might not really necessarily need the original film's plot anyway. You know, it might just be like, hey, right. welcome back to fucking Pandora, everybody. We're swimming around yeah. with animals and whales and fucking flying things. We're going to yeah, stick man. our tails in the New York district. Similar to what you <laughs> said. Like that. When the first one came out, we went and saw it in the 3D, and it was spectacle, and we saw it, and we were like, this is absolutely fucking incredible and stunning, and then I walked out of the theater and never thought of it again. So, um, you know, it'll be, it's, it's just curious, you know, it's, 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 it's curious, and there's a big, there's a big risk here, so we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. Um, I just think the, no, the novel only, the only reason I'm, thing. sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, like the old, like I said, like the only the only reason that I'm bringing up this story is because the movie is finally here. So I, I just feel like the whole yeah, novelty it, of the 3D thing too is like kind of worn down at this point because again, like Avatar came out, it was a huge thing, you know. Oh, 3D is back, it's new. We've never seen anything like this before. And then you know, I don't know what what we might have had like four Piranha. true. We've had four true. Four to ten true 3D films, and everything else is a post job. 
You know, so yeah. it's like, all right, like, cool, 3D's back. We're never, you know, we, we're not seeing anything like this. This is going to be amazing. And then it's like, nah, you know what? It costs too much money to make movies in 3D. We're just going to make them in 2D, and then we're just going to kind of, you know, we're going to superimpose and adjust the picture so that everything looks like it's fucking 3D for you. Which is fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah I'm, I'm not seeing it make that much money, but at the same time, I've seen the trailers for it. I still don't know what the fucking movie's about. Like, just a bunch of people fucking running around in a beautiful fucking landscape, and it's just like, all right, part two. They were, well, there's, uh, okay, there's a threat, maybe? I don't know. It seems like they're just running around and being like, ah, oh, we're blue people, and look at how beautiful the landscape is. So I guarantee you that's what it's going to be. There's going to be no fucking story. It's just going to be like, wow, visually, this is amazing, but there's no story here. At least the first one was like, hey, we're fern going. That's what we're doing, except we're just doing it in a different way. Like, that's, at least there's a story there. What I can gather from the trailers, you know, just with a real quick thing on it, what it looks like to me is, you know, obviously in the first movie, you had humanity trying to interject and get into the Na'vi because I guess they wanted to get to their world or whatever it was to take whatever their natural resources are. Uh, we figured out our way to put ourselves into Na'vi body. And this is how we were able to like infiltrate and get in with them. You had humans versus the Na'vi. What it yeah. looks like in the yeah, trailers sure. now is that you have some Navi on Navi violence. So we might have two warring oh. tribes, and maybe one tribe is kind of like, you know, again, like working with the, the human military. Uh, we also look like it has, uh, we have some kind of hybrid. Uh, it's almost like uh, what's the, the fucking uh, Underworld movies, you know, Mike Michael, whatever his name is, Michael Carter, Michael, Michael fucking whatever i can't remember the character's last name but how he was a hybrid yeah why not i think we have like we have a navi human hybrid-esque looking thing because he looks bigger than a human but he's not blue like like everybody else yeah maybe um yeah and we'll see what happens when the movie comes out and what the plot is i know there was an article i read about how james cameron went into a meeting with people uh he brought his uh, script for part four and the whole meeting, everybody walked out with no notes. They're just like, wow. I was like, yeah, because it's like, what the fuck? Like, there's no story. It's just like, oh, and we're going to show uh, Navi people flying on dragons and shit. And they're probably like, okay, James. All right, I think it's time you're bed. Like, I think you need to go. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty late. And he's just so flying around with little dragons in his hand. He's like, oh, whoa. And it's going to be all in 3D. And like, yeah, all right, James. Like, well, well just uh, that's cool. Why can't we do Titanic Part 2? James, I don't think we can. I don't think that's going to work. Well, first they have to sail the, we can find the, the new ship. they got to sail the new ship, and then <laughs> yeah. somebody's got to take it down. You know, it's going to be a terrorist act and all that stuff. You know, really what I would love is for them to revisit the abyss in some way. You mm, know, that, that, would that be nice. I yeah. would be fucking extremely interested to see underrated movie i completely agree i'm, I'm a big it. fan of the abyss but yeah so we'll see that but right, anyway be moving on from avatar what do you got tim burton's wednesday has passed Dahmer. uh they say that uh there has been one billion hours viewed uh and that the only other netflix series that has had more viewership uh, are Squid Game and Stranger Things making it one of the most popular series of all time. Uh, I can say that 
I I have not seen any Wednesday, but I can tell you that uh, it is all the rage uh, with the younger audience. They are all fucking about it. So that's like a lot of the talk around the building at my work right now is about Wednesday. So uh, very popular. I would think Friday. Yeah, Monkey was a big fan. He couldn't stop raving about it last week. Oh, like, yeah. guys, this it, is like the the greatest thing I've ever seen. He's like, why are you guys watching it? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all about Wednesday right now. Jenny Ortega, sure. queen, slay all day. Like, all right, all right, calm down. What well, well, God, we've so great. What I can re- what I can say, the entire Talking Terror audience can rest assured is is a, we are all in the exact same location we all were last week as far as Wednesday goes. The king still has not watched the fucking episode. <laughs> And I still have not finished the first episode. So, you know what? I have zero new, zero new information regarding Wednesday. But, you know, I, have, uh, I do find it, like, extremely interesting that, you know, like, back-to-back, right, we've now had two series come out from Netflix that are just huge, record-breaking things because suddenly Netflix is releasing numbers, whereas they never were releasing numbers before. I just find it so much fun that, like, this also comes shortly thereafter, what, two, three months ago when Netflix was reporting fucking record losses as far as the amount of people, like, abandoning Netflix? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, the fact that all of a sudden now they're releasing all these numbers and look how successful this is and we're just doing great. You know, meanwhile, over at AMC, they're just fucking laying off people left and right. It's like the fucking Red Wedding fucking over at AMC where they're just like, everybody's got to go, oh, we fucked up. We fucked up. <laughs> you know, we didn't realize that this streaming thing was going to catch on the way that we thought. And uh, all right, guys, Christmas is next week. Uh, here's your last check. Like, holy shit. I wanted the iron like, you know, Fuck you, Walter. Uh, yeah. Fuck you. Shudder is just in danger. That's what has a lot of people like myself worried because I love Shudder. And I would hate to see it go away because of these massive layoffs and them going in new directions with AMC and their programming. Because it's a niche streaming service. It's horror. So, I could see them being doing away with it because they're like, whatever. It's a horror niche audience. We need to focus on mainstream things and not uh, people watching these old movies and shut originals. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, okay, so maybe if the – Shutter service itself was to maybe go away, but maybe be folded into one of the larger, larger things like an HBO Max or something like that, where they have multiple other companies under their one large umbrella. I mean, this is something that, you know, I mean, listen, not to, not to toot the fucking horn of talking terror here, but, you know, I do remember all of us having multiple conversations over the last, what, two years or so discussing how this entire fucking bubble of streaming service is going to pop. pop. There was no way you could sustain so many various fucking services and expect people to be putting out money like crazy just so they can watch one or two shows a year on whichever fucking service and then have like, you know, I don't know, hours and hours and hours of fucking garbage and shit that you don't want to bother watching. And they already uh, made another announcement about HBO Max and how that's going away because they're going to combine with Discovery Plus. And it's just going to be yeah, called Max. Yeah, that's been announced for, for, for quite some time. And it's Has shocking it? I haven't heard about it this week. Oh, no, this, this was, I, I might have even brought it up on the show a couple months back. Uh, this is something yeah. that's mm-hmm. been, uh, this has been something that has been in the works for quite a while, 
mm-hmm. with uh, with that merger taking place. The the part that is interesting to me is the possibility that they're going to drop uh, HBO uh, from the yeah. moniker, given what a powerhouse Max, name yeah. HBO is in 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 cable television. Um, yeah. So. Uh, interesting to see what's going to happen there. I know that they are already uh, they've already removed uh, certain shows uh, from the platform mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, renders them uh, not available to stream anywhere and as all of these services, like you just said, with AMC and their cost cutting, which could end up having a negative impact to Shutter, everyone seems to be trying to cut corners and tighten the belt and everything and uh, this move that they're making of move, removing shows like Westworld, which I know is a popular show and everything. God. It's so they don't wow, have they, to. Oh, oh shit, dude. That sucks. Yeah, they don't, but the thing. reason you think, yeah. you think, Oh, why? Like, why is that a big deal? Why would they do that? But without that being shown anywhere, they don't have to pay any residuals to like the actors or right. anything like that. So it's all about saving yeah. money. Like you think what difference mm-hmm. doesn't make if this is here on HBO max and, Someone can watch it if they want to, but uh, that's what's going on with a lot of these streamers right now. Yeah, I mean we've reached that point, like the Google said. You know, the bubble has popped, and now we're seeing what happens once that bubble is popped, and and all these streaming services are now scrambling because everybody's trying to do something different. But we'll see what happens with Shutter, especially. Guess what? You know who ends up being right, man, all this fucking time? And God, I hate saying it, man, but the king is right. See, this is why the king collects physical media. Because now he doesn't have to worry about trying to get on a streaming service. He can just add him in his goddamn library. He'll he'll move the Chia Pets, and boom, there's this entire fucking room full of fucking DVDs and Blu-rays. That's goddamn right. So there it is. Uh, You know, like when I had a wall of 500 DVDs that I hardly ever touched. So, um, And I can only speak for myself. I can only speak for myself. We know you touch yours, cool. Yeah, I I, I watch mine all the time. I, well, I'm well, I know. I, I, like, I just added the, the 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 caveat that I can only speak for myself, kid. Oh no, I, I, I was only <laughs> speaking for myself. I I just I love going back and revisiting movies that I have on my shelf that I could easily watch online anytime I want. But like, I've been watching Tales from the Dark Side again because I have that box set. So I'm going to break that out. I'm going to watch those episodes again because I can. Hmm. Because you can't really find it anywhere else. You know, you can't find that streaming anywhere. Like Monsters, which is another TV show that I love. I have it on DVD. Break that any time. Just because it's there. Nobody's going to take it away. Until one day, oh, you know, such a funny media show. comes by well, and knocks on my door. That's YouTube got fucking greedy, you know? All those shows used to be on oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. Because people, people were fucking cool and were like, hey, you know what? Look, we're going to fucking support <laughs> this. And we're going to put the videos up on YouTube so that everybody can fucking watch them for free. And then YouTube was like, nah, yep. we like money. And studios were like, yeah, well, we like money, too. <laughs> and, and everybody was like, nah, you can't play that for free. So now you got to find, like, super secret fucking, like, embedded things that have, like, weird names. Like, you know, like a fish is sitting on top of a tree, and it's like a fucking, you know, it's like a movie that, you know, you've been waiting. It's like Mission Impossible 5, you know? <laughs> yeah, one, two, three movies.com. <laughs> I'm going to watch my show on that. Oh, I can't, yeah, I, know. I can't stand those fucking, <laughs> dude, the Russian ads that are at like a volume level <laughs> yeah. that is like 82 fucking times whatever the fucking volume of the movie is. The movie will be like, hey man, you know, like this, 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 and this, and then all of a sudden fucking, you want to bet money yeah. on fucking sports? You better get on this ad now. 
<laughs> no, that's not just that's him, man. Like that, that happened. Hot on, chicks are um, waiting to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not. Um, that happens on Did you television. Like party? That happens on, it happens on, uh, on some of the streaming services, and and like the like when the preview trailer starts, like uh, the 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 volume difference between the the show and and the ad. Um, is, is, is huge, and that's not just on those weird yeah. sites. That's like, you know, you can put on TV right now, it'll happen. I've been watching, uh, I just uh, I just watched the first episode of the second season, but I've been watching that show, um, Black Summer, on uh, on Netflix, and um, and it's super fun. I'm totally digging it. But uh, I had finished the first episode of season two last night late and, and fell asleep, I, and I, I, you know, had my, my headphones on, and I guess whenever it wound back around to like show a preview, like it was so loud in my headphones that it like jolted me awake. Um, yeah, so you know they yeah. they do that shit. There are yeah, uh, as, some as of the settings in either the app or on your television. There are ways to actually balance that volume so that it doesn't oh. change. Unfor- unfortunately, Ooh, what I found right. with my with my television is sometimes it, it fucks up the audio so that the mouse are off by like a millisecond from what the like right. vocal track is. So like everything yeah, will be fucking yeah, yeah. even volume, but then it's like they're saying something, but their mouth is like saying something else entirely. Gotcha. Now I got that lag. Interesting. Yep. So anyway, just a quick note, if anyone, uh, if uh, I don't know if any of you have watched that, that zombie show Black Summer, but it's super fucking cool. And, no. Uh, I thought the first episode of the second season was just an excellent episode of television. Uh, but anyway, um, Puppet Master. Yeah. The Puppet Master video game uh, will have open beta release uh, March 1st, 2023. Uh, this was originally going to be a multiplayer PC game that would be free to play, uh, but it was delayed as they have now added a single player mode um, and in the single uh, player mode, you will be able to complete challenges, uh, fight bad guys, earn points, find the lost pages of the Puppet Master Journal, um, and so on and so forth. So keep your eyes peeled for a Puppet Master video game coming in March. Actually, Sorry, it's just nice. for PC. So if you're a, if you're That's not cool. a PC gamer, uh, you you will not have the chance at this time, to my knowledge. No, but you know what is amongst the most like anticipated games of 2023 is the killer clowns from outer space video game. Uh, they just released oh. a list recently because they had some video game awards or some shit go on. And, uh, and yeah, that is, uh, that is high up there. So, so congratulations to the Kyoto brothers, man. This is, uh, this is a fun time for them. Yeah. That and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think those are the two hot titles. They're going to be coming out yeah. next year for next gen. You know, those are the ones right. we're and talking about. But yeah, evil, Killer Clowns. Evil, evil Dead off. Game 2, the Evil Dead Game. So, yeah, know, that came out. I mean, I, I, I but, yeah. That's, We've had Evil Dead game? Game, so you know what I mean? I, I know that this is this is a new one with with all new ideas and all that stuff. But we've had the Evil Dead. You know, I, I'm, oh, I'm it's full of boomstick. For both uh, yeah. Texas Chainsaw and, and Killer Clowns. You know, I think that's going to be a, a lot of fun. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I know you call it you know, next gen, but you know, like they, they've, I've noticed lately that like the industry, I guess, has gotten away from that term. I guess they're just, they're calling it now gen, you know, because I guess. Uh, why now gen. It, well, 
Yeah, well, why are you well, going to call them next-gen the systems when they're the current? When they're the current systems. Yeah, every, you know, everybody's got them. <laughs> I don't know. Well, now, now, now they're readily available, you know, so, so you can go to any store and go buy yourself a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or S or whatever one you, you so choose. One's white, one's black, one's big, one's small. I think black one handles. One, one, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> One does discs, one does digital, you know? Like, that, that, that's oh. their whole mix. Disc and digital. There you go. All right. Double Disc double and digital, healing. baby. Uh, D-D- double D. Oh, all right. D-D-A. D-D-A. Triple fucking... I don't know. You know yeah. The cool girl's been reading some fucking... Some kinky book lately. Some series or whatever from some author, you know? And she's reading the third book, and she's telling me about this one fucking scene with it. And she's like, dude... And this is a female author, man, and... You know what? This, this this chick's writing about this chick having two dicks in the in the in the in the V and one in the A, like all at the same time, man. So that's uh, DVD that's a man. lot of ro- that's that's a lot of rod <laughs> and and it's a lot of twigs and berries all all mixed up there. You know what I mean? In that tree, there's a lot of ball banging together. Got her split like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> what a great read that must be, man. Chapter ten, can't beat it. <laughs> All right, Dean, what else do you got? I will tell you what else I got. Uh, we on this show quite some time ago covered uh, Mutilator, a.k.a. Fall Break. And Hell yeah. uh, we, knew, we knew this was happening, but uh, writer-director uh, Mr. Cooper has unveiled Buddy the Cooper. new poster uh, for the – yes, uh, has unveiled the new uh, poster for the upcoming Mutilator 2 – uh, original cast members Ruth Martinez and Bill Hitchcock will be returning, even though uh, Hitchcock's character was killed in the first film. Uh, Cooper promises mm-hmm. to bring together modern horror and a taste of the 80s fun that fans uh, have loved. Uh, there is no release date yet, but the advertising campaign has started. So if you are looking forward to Mutilator 2, uh, you should keep your eyes peeled for, for information uh, on the very near horizon. I am actually friends with Bud Cooper on Facebook, so he's always posting updates. Like he just released a poster for uh, Mutilator Two, featuring yeah, a girl just, tied up to a dock. And that's I what like, I just said awesome. right here on on the air. Did you not hear anything that I said? You don't oh, listen to the show. Did you? Did you Jesus not have a gap earlier with your fucking Tony Soprano meme? Did you not have a little oopsie? <laughs> I'm allowed to have one. If you want to have one, why do you think I'm bringing it up? Fighting. Why do you think I'm bringing it up, man? This must have been what it was like to be one of the Beatles in the late 60s, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go up to New York and get shot by somebody. That's yeah, my level. Yeah, don't get all Ringo on us, uh, King. <laughs> okay, Ringo. But anyway, huh? what else do you have? Uh, I thought the wall was so small. George <laughs> yeah, I'm all confused. Romero's film, is Martin, dead. is now yeah. available Martin. for the 4K uh, uh, pre-order, but an interesting note about this film, uh, it can be ordered for pre-order right now, but uh, the 4K UHD discs are region-free, but for all of this release, the accompanying Blu-ray is locked to region B. Uh, so be mm-hmm. sure that yep. you have the ability to play 4K UHD uh, discs before purchasing because you will have a, 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 a Region B Blu-ray included in the set, which is kind of bizarre to me, but that's the way it is. 
Uh, yeah, Second Sight does that a lot. Um, they're a UK-based company, and they release a lot of these Romero movies, and they'll do that, which kind of screws yeah. people that don't have the right player. Um, you know, which and it looks like a cool thing. I already have two copies of Martin, so I'm not going to be buying the Blu-ray, unfortunately, because I don't need to have room for another one. Um, so my, uh, I have my umbrella, and I also have another one. <laughs> you know, I got to get Martin on Gina! DVD. What up, <laughs> Damn, Gina? I'm a vampire now. It's a weird episode of Martin. <laughs> Very cool though that it's Why you won't play with my frog. <laughs> I just I, I I'm just I've always said it on the show, I don't care for these movies to get the transfer to HD and the high quality transfers. Like I, I don't care for it. I like the gritty quality of the original sixteen or thirty five. Like I just keep it that way. You know, I don't need everything to be super bright and detailed and I don't know. I like this oh. the basic charm of, of movies like that. Like Night of the Living Dead yeah, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and with the older films, it's like you lose it when they clean it up too much, and it's just you know, this isn't the film I remember. This this isn't the original film. It's too crisp. It's too clear. You know. Uh, yeah. It's too much. Is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. completely yeah. agree. But all right, dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can, I can I can agree. Okay, so like here here's where on that like I kind of fall on two sides of that coin myself. Um, if it adds to the aesthetic of the movie, so like you say, like A Night of the Living Dead, it works very well when you have that copy kind of like rough and scratchy and everything because it mm-hmm. adds to to the mystique, the mystery. You know, like this was done in a time, like this could happen because look how like old it is, you know? Even let's say like Dawn of the Dead and stuff like that. You know, but then like yeah. another mm-hmm. favorite of mine is Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. And the 4K yeah. cleanup on that movie is fucking phenomenal because you can see the mm-hmm. vibrant colors. You know, that world becomes clear and alive as if you were there. And, like, I remember watching that on cable when I was younger. And, yeah, you know, obviously we didn't have 4K and shit like that at that time. So it was the LSD right. that was making it all kinds of colorful and vibrant and everything like <laughs> yeah. that. So, so, so it's nice to be able to see it from that perspective without having to ingest the LSD. To, to get that oh. same effect. Interesting. <laughs> no, you're right. And there's some movies that lend to it. Um, but horror movies especially, you want that grit, you want that scratch on the film. You know, you, I don't think of any harm, uh, other than maybe like Argento back in the 70s when he did Suspiria, where it's clearly based on Wizard of Oz colors. So you want to get that vibrant color with a 4K release. But like Last House on the Left, like what's the movie, I don't want to see brightened up like you know i just i want to see it the way it was oh. to be presented uh, it's just a, a dark scratchy grindhouse type of movie like maniac again another grindhouse uh, exploitation movie they released it in 4k and it's like yeah like you're kind of taking away the quality that you got with the original screen um you know yes it's cleaned up yes it's it's beautiful to look at but you don't need that like it's just you want that really kind of just dirt print work print um so, I mean, it's fine, you know, and if people want to buy it, that's great. But I've always been the type of person, I like the original cut, um, especially with the old movies. But, Dean, what else do you have before we get into the movie for tonight? With all of the streaming stuff, uh, big news, uh, not necessarily with the service, but in uh, people involved. Uh, Mike Flanagan has been a reliable creator of content for Netflix, creating uh, several yeah. uh, very popular properties. and. Uh, he and his intrepid uh, studio, or his, uh, yeah, I think it's intrepid, intrepid, 
uh, have left Netflix and have signed a deal uh, with Amazon. So uh, all future Flanagan properties uh, will be created for Amazon Prime, including uh, what Flanagan is calling his holy grail, stating that uh, his adaptation of Stephen King's The Dark Tower is in production. Uh, in the past, uh, Amazon actually once had the rights to The Dark Tower and started to work on it, and it ultimately scrapped the project. Uh, Flanagan said that Intrepid had secured the rights to The Dark Tower uh, before uh, the deal was complete for Amazon. So those of you out there that are big fans of uh, the Dark Tower and have been waiting for a proper uh, screen representation, maybe Flanagan will be the one that, that makes your dreams come true. Maybe. Maybe. I, I've been listening yeah, we'll see. on I mean, a couple we'll of King properties. You know, what, what do you think? He has. Yeah, I mean, I, we'll like see what Flanagan. happens. I think he's also kind of, yeah. I don't like Flanagan. I don't really care for him. I like Dr. Sleep. That's the one I kind of give him credit on because I actually did enjoy that movie. Um, but I think he's also a little bit hurt because Netflix canceled the Midnight Club after the first season. Like, we, we just yes. don't want any more. So I think he was feeling a little bit hurt, and that's when Amazon came, and they said, you know what, join up with us, and you can just make your passion project, The Dark Tower. So we'll see. I mean, I don't think it could ever really be properly made because it's too fucking epic in scale. Like, it's, just, it's too much. Like, you know, you can't – I don't haven't... think you're ever going to get a good adaptation. They did not, uh, you know, they did not specify what other projects and whatnot, but they did say that this is a multi-year, uh, a multi-year oh, yeah. deal uh, for multiple for multiple series. And I didn't well, get yeah, around to checking say- out the Midnight Club yet, but I'm going to imagine, given how popular Flanagan shit has been, that uh, if the numbers, as far as the viewing numbers, weren't there, I would understand Netflix being like, "All right, we're not doing more of this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I- I mean, no, I was going to say, I mean, Amazon with that, with it being a series makes, you know, is the only way to do it. Um, you know, and I think, you know, with that, I guess with the recent success of the uh, Lord of the Rings series, um, you know, I think that also kind of probably helped to, to say, hey, listen, you know what, maybe, maybe this is a go. You have a guy that's established as somebody who can adapt Stephen King's work, um, and, the, and the work that he's worked yeah, and done has been – you know, has been fairly decent. You know, I know you don't always like it, but I've enjoyed, you know, everything I've seen seen in regards to that, both, you know, King work and non-King work um, from mm-hmm. him. So, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, I just, I, I don't know if his vibe is what I necessarily see fitting in with right. Dark Tower, but... You know, let's let's see, because you know what? I probably would have thought the same thing if you would have told me he was making the sequel to The Shining. And you know what? Look how mm-hmm. that turned out. Yeah, Doctor Sleep is 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 easily one of my favorite Stephen King movie adaptations. So, oh yeah, I I agree with you. I really enjoyed it. I thought he did great with that. It's the other movies that I'm not really a big fan of. Um, but so we'll see what he does with the Dark Tower. But uh, is that it, Dean, or do you have anything else you want to bring up before we get into the movie? Couple, couple last items uh, to bring up here. Uh, popular Showtime series uh, Yellow Jackets has announced that on March 24th, uh, 2023, the second season is on the way. Uh, I know people have been okay. looking forward to that for quite some time. Uh, I'm about halfway through, halfway through the first season, was digging it, but definitely have to get back to it. Um, but, you know, I know that's a very popular, pop, popular one. 
And then, uh, what is this last thing? I think I have one more thing here in my notes. Yes, we have talked uh, on the last uh, two shows uh, that I had been a part of about the goings-on at the original Texas Chainsaw uh, movie house and how it had changed owners and the owners promised that they were going to continue to operate this with the film in mind and take a deep dive into the, to the film and to Toby Hooper and that they have renamed the Grand Central Cafe and Club Bar as Hooper's. Uh, they also said that they are deep in uh, the restoration process of the house and they said to stay tuned for a full branding reveal and timeline for full reopening soon. All right. Excellent. Yeah, can't wait to see it be reopened and the new owners are embracing Texas Chainsaw. So that's always good. All right. Uh, so with that being said, uh, Dean, this is your pick tonight, Body Melt from 1993, directed by Philip Brophy. Why don't you get a, a synopsis of the movie, your thoughts, and we'll kick this thing off. Yes, Body Melt from 1993. Uh, an Australian film uh, where the residents of uh, Pebbles Court, Holmesville, um, are subjected to uh, tests for a vitamin pill, uh, which ultimately uh, has uh, gooey, gooey uh, results, uh, which leads to a whole uh, bunch of splatter and uh, police trying to connect the dots and figure out uh, what is going on. So that is the brief synopsis of Body Melt from 1993. Uh, this is as far as my uh, thoughts on it. Um, it was okay. Uh, some of the effects were fun. I feel if I would have seen this back in that time, I would have liked it a lot more. It's kind of like, uh, I feel like what I got the most, like the, one of the biggest thoughts I had was like, c consider what the internet is like now and then consider what the internet was like when you logged on to dial up, dial up AOL in like 1996 or 1997. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel like that is, uh, kind of, kind of what it felt like. Uh, I did find there to be some, some kind of similar vibe to like, not, not that alive, but to, to Peter Jackson's bad taste in a way. Um, and, and whatnot. So there was some fun stuff here, but, uh, you know, I did discover in my readings, and I only saw this noted in one different place, that this was originally supposed to be an anthology film, but ultimately they tried, decided to take the different stories and kind of clobber, clobber them together to make one story. So, uh, you know, that's that right. might reframe how, how you think about it, but I only saw that note in one spot. But anyway, that's Body Milk from, from 1995. All right. Cool. What do you think about Body Milk? You know, an anthology movie probably would have made this a slightly better film because otherwise, man, you know, kind of like the, uh, the King, you know, take, taking my, my favorite quote about, about certain things, you know, it is a movie, you know, somebody took the time <laughs> and the effort to set up a camera, hire people to do performances in front of said camera. And uh, then they, they, they put it on to, 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 Devices in which you could watch this in, in various locations, and it obviously it has a runtime lo longer than 80 minutes, so it makes it officially a uh, a, a, a motion picture film. Um, that being said, it's a bad one. Um, this is you know <laughs> you last week compared it to Street Trash, and uh, I 
can't even believe that the words coming out of my mouth are, I would rather be watching Street Trash. Uh, I know. It was like a mess, <laughs> you know? Like, this was just the, the special effects were, I won't even want to say passable. Like, I would have preferred them to go with, like, time-lapse melting butter with, like, paint and stuff like that. Like, give me, like... Gumby level melting violence butter. over like what they ended up show yeah like butter you know like do a time butter. lapse of butter melting it's yeah like butter butter, <laughs> butter like butter um yeah I did I think that the uh, the Vimuville uh, dietary supplement company should have teamed up with the makers of Tenafly Viper uh, for an ultimate yes. product but anyway carry on <laughs> that, 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 that would have been great it would have been great product placement but again we're we're down under so so they don't have that there um. But yeah, again, overall, yeah, my my thoughts are like, you know, this this is another case in which you know, the the, the dean has given me a stinker, uh, but but whatever. I, I guess thanks for the pick because it, it gave me something to kill eighty one minutes of my life with. All right, <laughs> monkey, what you think about body melt? Man, this movie is definitely from the nineties. Like, and this is like that non-existent neon nineties that we only saw like in commercials on TV and shit like that. You know, like, this was giving me, like, like all these fucked up vibes of shit like Lisa Frank and Hot Sticks and Talk Boys and Boppets and fucking Sega CD systems. It's like, it was just all over the place in this weird-ass assault on your eyes in Australian suburbia where it's like, there is nothing else around. I guess, like, this is like what happened like right before the Mad Max movies or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was just weirdness, like in just weirdness being weird. And yeah. Captain Walker. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and being that it was a melt movie, I was excited for, you know, I was like, okay, at least we're going to see some cool special effects. And it's just, yeah, it's, you know, was even just lacking for that, especially when you come in, you know, being brazen enough to straight up be like, you know, with a title, like a body melt, you know, and instead you're going to start it off looking like, you know, <laughs> Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer. But I'm sure the King's going to get to that. <laughs> so, King, <laughs> what did you think of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen Body Melt many times. I mean, I appreciate it for being what it is, which is a gross-out movie. You know, it's like, don't eat while you're watching this movie. It's gross. Um, but it definitely feels like four fucking ideas going at the same time. Like, it's not one coherent idea for a plot. It's four different ones. And like the, the Dean had said, you know, it was supposed to be an anthology. There were four different stories, and it felt like that the entire movie. It's like, okay, well, we're going here now, we're going here now, we're going here now, and then there's going to be a lot of gross stuff in between. And then a lot of fucking techno music from 93. So you get the pop it up and up and up and boots and pants and boots. Like, you know, I was getting so fucking tired of the fucking soundtrack after a while. Like, okay. Like, is there going to be an actual song in this? No? Okay. But so it's, it's not a terrible movie. At the same time, the story is just not there. It's like watching a Saw movie. You're not watching for the plot. You want to see bodies melt. And even there, they kind of lacked. Um, so we open up this movie with Dumb Films Presents. No kidding. It's probably accurate that <laughs> a company called <laughs> presented this movie. Um, we open with an upbeat video all about Vimoville, a state-of-the-art health and leisure center. They'll provide your whole family with a whole bunch of health and leisure activities, but let's cut to the techno club music as a man and a woman are getting down with some intravenous drug use. 
The woman who was totally naked and covered in sweat, I think. I think that's what it is, or just a lot of body oil. We're hoping. She breaks out another needle. (laughs) And she shoots up this guy that's laying next to her, also very much naked, before giving him a nice little mouth hug. Body melt. And then we cut to the cue card of body melt. Um, So we see this woman who we'll later find out is named Sean. It's talking on the phone and tells the person on the phone that she fixed Ryan, the guy that she was with, and he won't get far. Apparently, Ryan has some reservations about the unethical experiments in Holmesville. We see Ryan boot up the old 1993 computer on an apparent mission to save the guinea pigs in Pebble Court. The woman telegraphs that he would do exactly that, and she assures whoever's on the other end of the call that she pumped Ryan with enough A-59 to kill 20 rabid Rottweilers. He'll be dead by morning, so don't worry about it. And then again, we cue the techno soundtrack, and we see as we get updates on the residents of Pebble Court, like the noble family, Thompson, the father, Angelica, the mother, Eloise, the daughter, and Brandon, the young son, as well as Cheryl and Brian Rand, who had a terminated pregnancy, but surprise, she's pregnant again. And then there's also Sal Saccone and Gino Argento, the Australian-Italian in this movie. Uh, Sal, he's a guy that might be good for sperm donations. And there's also Paul Matthews, $5 million in debt. Paul is the first target. So that night, Ryan leaves for Paul's house, burning his Vimoville ID as he leaves. The next day, we arrive at the well-kept and beautiful Pebble Court. More specifically, Paul's house, as he checks the mail, finds three packs of vitamin water pills in his mailbox from Vimoville. Oh, that's kind of good. Like, I'll see what these are all about. Maybe it's healthy. Maybe it's not. And he has a less than friendly encounter <laughs> with Sal. And Sal ends a punchline with Elton John, and then him and Gino laugh hysterically. I don't get it, but it's fine because it's 93. Um, and we see that. They're calling him <laughs> old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we see Ryan go to a petrol station, and he's popping pills and not looking too healthy as he stops inside the station looking for detergent. And, of course, he's, what are you doing with the detergent? I guess you've got to clean some clothes. No, he starts guzzling down Watch the up. detergent, much to the petrol station shock, arming himself with a crowbar <laughs> and bug spray. And that's when we see Ryan's throat start to open up a little bit as he runs outside to his car where he speeds off. The police see Ryan speeding and chase after him as he sprays more dish soap into his open slit throat wounds. And then we cut back to Brian and Cheryl in their home. (laughs) They hear the sirens, but Brian passes it off as a joyride. And as Ryan is being chased, he talks into a recorder. The first phase phase is hallucinogenic. The second phase is glandular. The third phase, stay tuned, body melts. Mystery. We find out later what's going on. So Paul, he's in his home with his red Alka-Seltzer, dumping him into a glass of water as Ryan screams and crashes into A. Salter's. Now, get it, a Salter, realty van, as Sal and Gino seem shocked by the turn of events. Weird tendrils begin to emerge from Ryan's shirt and begin entering his mouth and nose as his eyes turn black. The cops arrive, and the tendrils are like, shit, the cops, and they fucking run for it. They just disappear. So we see that Ryan is now very much dead as Paul opens one of the Vimoville vitamin drink packs and dumps him into water, which turns the liquid green. So now we have two detectives arriving, Sam and Jono, and they're arriving to question people that witnessed the crash. They find this tape but don't know what to do with it. They just really don't know, and we cut to the airport where Paul is there, not looking very good, sweaty, and starting to have hallucinations. Um, He gets a phone call that doesn't go over very well, as, again, we cut back to Sal and Gino, who are now driving around. So 
Like I said about the four stories, yeah, we're getting them all right now. So Sal and Gina are driving around. They're talking about visiting a health farm where they're going to be sperm donors and get paid for it. This is going to be ice. And then we cut back to Paul, who's having weird hallucinations about his coffee and a woman with a disfigured face. And then we cut back to Sal and Gino, who are arriving at a farm and tell a fat guy that we find out okay. whose name is. Uh, so, as, as, oh, God. As, yes. Yeah. We have <laughs> Sal and Gino arriving at the farm in their car, which now has plastic over the windshield with yep. a hole in it. Yep. Whereas prior, the windshield was perfectly fine. So I'm guessing this is one of those sequences or scenes that got completely cut for whatever reason cut. and yep. never explained. So do, does anybody here have the explanation as to what the fuck happened to their car? I sure don't. <laughs> I'm confused because, yeah, it's like because I thought like the, the head had like kind of thrown through – through the windshield, kind of into their windshield, but at the same time, like, it was all discombobulated, you know. But, yeah, you know, because when they pull in, you know, it's like, oh, your windscreen's broken. It's like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, they, they are shocked well, yeah, but, to find out that their windscreen's broken. Yeah, well, again, though, like I said, the scene prior, we saw them on the road. They were driving. They were in the car. And the fucking scene is being <laughs> yeah. shot from the hood of the car. The windshield is right there. <laughs> Sometimes the windows mm-hmm. removed for those kinds of shots. <laughs> yeah. But not in this movie, because uh, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, so we find out that the old guy at this farm called Nowhere is named Pud, and he has a weird, disformed children called Bronto and Slab. Uh, he also has two more daughters, Mac and Bab, who bring Sal and Gino some food. And then we cut back again to Paul, who is now at his job doing fuck all nothing. I don't know what the fuck he does. I guess he's just like a record executive because he's got a lot of fancy records and shit hanging around. Um, but he was asleep on his couch, <laughs> and his assistant walks in and tells him to go home because he doesn't look well. And then we cut back to double court, where Sam and Jono are investigating the crash from earlier. Paul returns home, and the hallucination of the disfigured woman returns, remarking that his house looks like shit. He lets her know about the spare bedroom and shower before she fucking vanishes. So that night, Paul wakes up to a woman entering his room and rubbing his little tummy, to the sounds of tummy sticks. She jams, <laughs> she jams her fingers into his stomach, and he wakes up from the dream within a dream. And then we have to cut back to Sal and Gino, because what the fuck are they up to? Uh, they are just having comedic fucking family time with the Hills of Eyes family while they wait for their windshield to be replaced. Bab and Bronto run out to a field where Bronto screams and kills a kangaroo. Bab cuts it open, and they eat the adrenal gland from the kangaroo, which Gino and Sal are like, fuck yeah, dude, eat that fucking adrenal gland. Like, I was like, okay, all right, that's cool. Uh, that's an so adrenal gland. <laughs> we cut to Gino, Bab, and Bronto are doing donuts in Pud's pickup truck, and Sal decides he has to use the third yeah, leg, get it. and he wants to get his fuck on with Slab. Uh, she seems to be into it as we cut back to Sam and Gino talking about eating healthy or something. They just have to have constant cutbacks to Sal, to both of these detectives. The donuts stop, but the sex is just starting for Slab and Sal. She offers to get oh. a blood bite as Bab and Gino explore the family house. Gino questions his dad. dad. <laughs> Bab has no idea, doesn't have a clue who his dad is. And then we hear screaming, to which Bab says, it's just a cook. But we really find out what's happening because Robert Zadar, you know, as Slab, 
is in the barn and is causing Sal to scream because she not only bit him, but is jamming a piece of wood into his cock. So he's screaming hey. to death that he's probably going to die. So, you know, was it sex with it? No, it wasn't. So we cut back to the house, and Gino discovers an old woman watching a porno and then rushes from the house. Bab tells mm. Pud that Slab has done it again, that dirt bitch. And Slab gets slapped by Pud, who tells her to always keep it in the family. Sal is dead, and now they have to go after Gino, who eventually gets captured after he crashes Pud's truck. And then, again, I think this is the last time that we see Gino, because they capture him, and I don't know, you guys could correct me, but I don't know if we ever saw what happened to Gino, other than nope. him being captured. So, nope. <laughs> so I'm not wrong. He's just not going anywhere. My nurse, so that, he's not going anywhere in his car. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam and John arrive at the Mill Center. Over there. <laughs> yeah. And they meet with Sean, the two A's. She's the woman from the beginning of the movie. They show her a photo of the deceased Ryan, and she swears she's never seen him before. They found an empty Zimbabwe pill bottle on him, but hey, that could come from anywhere. Don't worry about it. So the detectives leave without getting any answers. Jono thinks the whole place looks like a holiday resort, to which Sean says that's the point. Later, Johnny and Sam speak to the coroner, Willie, regarding Ryan's autopsy. They're not really sure what he was taking, but he's very healthy, and they also spot Paul's address, 9 Temple Court, written on Ryan's arm. It could be a clue, so we might want to investigate a little further. And then they come <laughs> back to Paul. He's taking more money oh, and drinking, having one hallucination. Back. <laughs> and in one hallucination, the woman from earlier that pressed her fingers into his stomach appears and tells him that he is the last one, and that she has collected 12 ribs from other people, 13 ribs from 13 men. That's what she needs. And she just pops out a rib, and she's going to add it to her collection. As we see, how much was it? Literature he sexually <laughs> coaxes it out of his body. You know, it's some, some mm-hmm. nice and soft to see strokes the pop and out. tender moves. Oh, it's, it's hot, man. It fucking bricked me up. Very tender. <laughs> yeah, Very but how much was it? Time. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile we, we forgot about Cheryl and, and Brian because they've been out of this movie for a while. So we have to cut back to them oh, and find out what they're doing. <laughs> Cheryl tells Brian that she's having another one of those dreams, which Brian tells her it's because she's pregnant. You're going to have weird dreams because you're pregnant, which I don't know. Because I guess you do. I don't know. So <laughs> Detective Sam arrives to speak with Cheryl, and he asks her about Paul. And she's like, well, we're kind of new here. You know, we haven't really met anybody yet. People don't really seem that friendly, so we're just kind of trying to, you know, set up the house and get settled in. Uh, later, Cheryl gets checked out by Dr. Carrera due to not feeling very well. Of course, he tells her that there's nothing to worry about, and he's just a venerable doctor. Then Carrera calls Sean that he needs to lower Cheryl's dosage, but Sean will have none of that. She doesn't want to listen to the doctor, and then she calls in her buff assistant, Beauville, to ship all the tablets to Pebble Court that evening. Of course, Beauville, buff, blonde, macho, but he's like, I don't have something like this. Because he has no fucking balls anymore. Obviously, whatever he's fucking taken, obviously shrunk down Dude, his fucking testes. Man, when he showed up, all fucking super fucking huge, like, you know, straight, straight up, you know, like, you know, bad, you know, Nintendo bad dudes. And then we hear him talking and say, hi, guys, how are you? you know, just... <laughs> yeah, and you're being kind because he sounded a lot fucking higher pitched than that. <laughs> it was like a child talking whenever he talked. Um, 
So Bowville puts on his Oakleys and goes to the warehouse to make sure everything gets shipped out, as Paul calls Dr. Carrera. Apparently, Pud and the Doc also called Crackers at a certain point are back in business. I love the fucking fact he's like, hey, Crackers. Like, well, that never came into play. What the fuck do you call them Crackers? <laughs> but th- this movie answers a lot of nothing. So we just have to move on because we see that there's an old photo of Pud and Carrera as young doctors. Paul later appears outside Cheryl's house and gives her a jump scare as his body melt has begun. That night, Cheryl's stomach rumbles, and we cut to the next day where the Noble family introduces themselves to Cheryl and announce they're going on holiday to the Vimeville Health Center. And that's when later that day, Cheryl's stomach begins to begin hurting once again, and she drops out of placenta. So weird. Ah. You know, stomach, strange. Because <laughs> that, I don't know if that's supposed to happen, because she doesn't even know, because she calls Dr. Carrera, and she's like, hey, so a quick question. Can you drop a placenta one month before birth? And then I just think that it I need happens. some peace. So she, she hangs up and begins tearing her new home apart as Carrera calls Brian and tells him to meet him at Cheryl's house. Brian arrives home just as Cheryl's about to cut the baby out of her. And that's when the placenta appears out of nowhere and sticks to Brian's face like a goddamn face hugger from Alien. And just attacks <laughs> his face as he's screaming. And the placenta begins to enter through Brian's mouth just as Cheryl's stomach explodes open emitting a lot of smoke. The placenta climbs down Brian's throat as Cheryl's stomach is now just an open fucking wound, and we see tendrils waving around and nothing else inside. Again, missed opportunity. She was pregnant. I would have loved to have seen the fucking baby just fucking come crawling out of her. Like, ah, like, okay, dead alive. I like it. But they didn't do it. That is what I yeah. was thinking. They didn't do that. Instead, she's just dead. And Sam, the detective, thinks that Brian killed his wife and then also questions Carrera about this. He wants to know if there's a viral disease that causes hallucinations, then glandular complications, and then something else entirely. Carrera's like, I, I don't really know. There might be, so whatever. I have to go over to Paul's house real quick and see how he's doing, and Paul's not doing very well. His face is almost completely melted off, and he kills Carrera. Well, he doesn't kill him. He strangles him. I was going to say he kills him, but <laughs> Carrera tries to give him an injection, and that's where we find fucking Paul. Now he's dead. So, the and he tries family to flip the needle at... just a little bit. He tries to flip that needle, and he's like, "I got you, I got you." He's <laughs> just like, "Nope, no bitch," and he just screams. <laughs> and again, it's a fucking cool effect to see Paul's face. I actually like the effect. Just you know, his eyes are all fucked up, and his mouth is hanging open like he's just a gooey, fucking disgusting mess. Like I was like, this is kind of a cool effect for this movie to show him trying to strangle Carrera and, and kill him, but he doesn't quite get the job done. Um, the Noble family arrives at Vimeville. What was that? No, nothing good. I'm just making silly comments. Okay, so uh, the, the family arrives at Vimeville and are also greeted by a big old piece of foods. Sean introduces them to her assistant, Demetra, who will take care of any problems that they may have during this stay at Vimeville. The family all toast as they eat, when Mrs. Noble notices a little bit of snot coming out of Tomlinson's nose. And he's like, oh, shit, okay, I'm going to take care of this real quick. Um, He runs to the bathroom and sneezes into the sink, but he doesn't see that his snot is now moving around in said sink. 
So it's moving around. It's having a great time. He's trying to chase. You know, he's trying to chase it around the bathroom and shit. Get back here. Just cue the Benny Hill music. Uh, so, yeah, so they arrive, and he's just like, you know what, it's fine. Like, it's just a little bit of snot. I might have a cold, so I'm just going to leave it as it is. Um, so later, uh, Angelica and Eloise are going to the gym when their son Brandon decides he wants to go all 93 on this bitch and go rollerblading on a half pipe. He's like, hey, I'm going to put on my fucking skates. I got this fucking great half pipe. I'm by myself. I'm going to pull a fucking Van Margera on skates, and I'm going to do a fucking epic flip, y'all. But when he does the flip, he ends up landing on the half pipe with a squishy thud. And that night, uh, uh, Angelica is wondering if Brandon's okay. She's like, I haven't seen him since earlier. I hope he's okay. And Thompson tells her that he saw him bring his tent from home. He's probably outside watching the stars, sleeping outside. Uh, He is kind of outside under the stars, but in actuality, he's fucking dying. Because when we see Brandon, his face is almost skinned off. Not the way they imagined (laughs) <laughs> and no, they got him all the flat on the ramp off. and just all busted fucking open. It's funny. Oh, I love to see the teeth and shit like that. You know, it was it was a great shot. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, well, what did he do? And I guess it, we find out later that it was the food, and the food is infected, and if you eat it. But I thought Eloise ate some of it. But it uh, again, it gets so fucking complicated. Like at a certain point, we're like, you don't know how people get infected. Um, so we we move on. Um, so we cut back to, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my spot. Okay, there we are. Uh, so the next day, Sam and John are The fact that you took notes about all of this, mad props to you, King, that you sat down there and took serious, serious well, notes about I this do, movie. If, if he mentioned it, I apologize, but uh, I, I have learned that the King has this on DVD, so he was able to stop I it do. and take notes as, as need be. I always do. For every movie well, we talk about, well, I always stop and take notes. Well, yes, but, you, you but watch, this one, you own, you you own this one on DVD. Stop it. Yeah, I do that on my laptop, too, when I watch movies on my laptop. No, I know. I pause the movie and take notes. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's more the fact that you actually have this on DVD is the point that I'm making. Oh, yeah. No, I, I bought it blind, and I watched it. I'm like, nah, that's all right. You know, but it's in my collection. A lot of movies that I've, I have are, are like, yeah, I watch it once and never again. <laughs> but they're still there. So this is um, not the, not in the Russian roulette of horror. <laughs> uh, it really was back in the day because I saw a bunch of screenshots back in the early days of the Internet. I'm like, that looks fucking interesting. I ended up finding it at a store, and I bought it and watched it once and put it in my collection and never came back to it until this week. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> so the next day, Sam and Jono are shown Paul's dead body. His hand is clutching a torn-up ear, which belongs to Dr. Carrera, who is very much alive, and speeding in his car at night trying to talk to somebody on the phone. Then we cut back to Vimoville, where Beauville is trying to score stronger vitties but fat chance. Like, you get what you get, and you just have to enjoy it. So Sean logs onto her computer and accesses the Pebble Court files after a brief orgasm. She calls Carrera to say she wants to push forward to more tests for the nobles. Their urine looks good. But what she doesn't know is that Jono and Sam were listening into that voicemail left at his office. They need to get to the Chapa and go take down Vimoville for good because they know some shit's going down and they have to stop it. So meanwhile, we cut back to Beauville, who steals some stronger pills, while other Beauville just got done banging Demetra. 
She doesn't want to give him any more sex, so she leaves. And once gone, Beauville, too, decides to watch some porn until he gets an erection so powerful that his dick fucking splits. <laughs> I hate when this happens. He didn't even watch, like, 30 seconds of it, like, less than 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, he's like, I'm so hard. He fucking explodes. Like, wow. Dude, like, you didn't even make it a minute in. Like, a minute in with, is a warm-up. <laughs> When this scene happened, I was like, "This is." I was like, "The ghoul's got to be fucking rolling at this scene right here." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" And it just kept getting up and bigger and bigger until finally just blam. And I was just like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and just the blood splatter all over the fucking TV screen and shit. It was great. Um, so Carrera arrives at nowhere, which is Pud's home. And yes, it's revealed that they were once partners in these body experiments. And he wants something from Pud, which is a small vial of a red liquid. Pud had stolen that from oh. the lab before he left. It's an additive that controls the new powers that the vitamins give you. Without it, the body explodes. Very messy. Carrera, without much pushback from anybody, from Pud or his children, takes the vial and runs off with Pud just fucking screaming his fucking ass off and hugging his fucking deformed children as Carrera leaves and heads to Vimoville. And that's where we're going, because at, back at Vimoville, Thompson's nose is still leaking. It's gross. It's fucking bad. And then we cut back to Demetra, who's fucking humping on Beauville uh, 3. This is another fucking Beauville. And during sex, he strangles her to death and then also dies as we see something trying to emerge from his back. All right, so we're going to have to cut back to Sean now, because she's having an intense fucking headache. <laughs> And then we're going to cut back to Thompson. Okay, we're doing multi-cut, so you have to stick with me here, okay? So we go back to Thompson. He gets knocked out when he slips on his own mucus and starts puking up egg salad all over his fucking face. It's gross. And when his wife enters the bathroom, she finds her husband's face covered in goop and mucus and snot. And she's like, oh, fuck, we have to get out of here. And that's when Eloise's daughter goes to find Sean, who has now also become a goopy-faced mess. Eloise slaps the shit out of her. And Sean ends up crushing her own head with her bare hands, as you do when you're starting to melt. <laughs> and that's when Angelica and Eloise try to escape in a car and get shot at by Carrera as the helicopter appears overhead and arrives at Vimoville. So Eloise and Angelica race over to the office of Dr. Alexander Thorkett and demand to be seen right away. The doctor appears and tells Eloise, uh, at Vimoville was actually a fucking old chemical dump. What the fuck are you doing over there? It was closed like 20 years ago by the health commission. And that's when we suddenly see Angelica's tongue soon becomes epically sized Gene Simmons size and kills her on set to jazzy music. Like it was the weirdest fucking place jazz music I've ever heard in my fucking life. All of a sudden there's like saxophones and just jazzy fucking, you know, drums. I'm like, okay. So she unfortunately has to die to fucking jazz music. That sucks. That's like the worst way to go. Like you're dying to to listen to shitty fucking jazz music. (laughs) Oh, death by Kenny G. (laughs) Oh God! If fucking Kenny G showed up as I was dying, I'd be like, dude, just put a bullet in my fucking head right now. And he's just fucking going to town and whipping his hair back. And I'm like, kill me, fucking kill me. I don't want to listen anymore. It's jazz. It's just nothing. It's just notes. And he's like, like playing in the fucking corner. I got the fucking nightmare. <laughs> just, yeah, no, just put a fucking toe over my head. I don't want to listen to any more Kenny G. <laughs> so Carrera goes into Sean's office and sees her dead body, and he's caught by Matt, Sam and John. Maddie loves Kenny G. 
You know he does. Like, you know that's his calm down music when he gets, you know, home from his hard day at work. He's like, listen, guys, I have to go to my room for, like, at least 20 minutes. I'm going to put on Kenny G's best hits. I will see you guys at the end. I just have to listen to that guy play. Nothing brings me down sure? more than the Delta Tones. That, that or some Michael Bolton. <laughs> Michael Bolton and like I, I'm so sorry, guys. I had a bad day at work. I'm going to go to my room, and all of a sudden, what a man loves a woman. He's like, yeah, yeah, he does. He really does, man. Like, see, he gets me. Like, my fucking family doesn't get me, but he does. Michael Bolton gets me. Like, when could I go see you in concert? Just breaks out his Kenny G T-shirt and his fucking Michael Bolton T-shirt. He's like, which one do I wear today? How calm am I today? Oh, Chuck Mangione. I got my Chuck Mangione oh, T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> Maddie needs to enhance his calm. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, I could, I could complete my day now because I'm completely jazzed out. Um, so Carrera sees Sean's dead body. Like I had said, he's caught by Sam and Jono. He tells him that if your body has the right fuel, you can do anything. And to prove this, he shoots his own hand, but without that fuel, you're a zero. So before he can get arrested, Carrera puts the gun underneath his chin and pulls the trigger. And that's when the other police arrive and begin taking away all the Vimoville products in a massive haul. So back in the chopper, Sam gets a call over his headset that a quarantine has been put up for Pebble Court. But there's a problem at the station. Uh, oh, shit, the movie's the not over? <laughs> it's not. This movie could have fucking ended like 20 minutes ago, but we're still in this fucking yeah, thing. Because, because I they, need to the, fucking put they, my calm down music on. Because, because they raided the place. They're confiscating everything, so the movie should be over. But no, we have another yeah. 15 minutes of movie. Because, like we you said, shit's going do. on and at the station. <laughs> and I, like, yeah, at this point, I'm just staring at this movie going, why am I not seeing credits? Like, why are we still moving? Everybody's fucking dead. Like, why are we still fucking going on? What the fuck happened to I, Sal? What happened to Gino? <laughs> I was so lost at this point in the movie. I had no idea who this fucking guy was that was in, you know, like, that was standing there. Oh, the in doctor? The fucking poli- no, the guy in the police department, the one standing against the wall. Who was that? Oh, that was Monroe. That was a random fucking cop. They're like, Monroe's in there with the, with the fucking Brian, man. Like, you know, it's going crazy. Yeah. They literally dropped his name, and then they just kept calling him Monroe every fucking two seconds. They're like, oh, Monroe's in the office with him, and we have to – he's in your office, Sam. And he's like, oh, yeah, Monroe? Yeah, Monroe is in there. We have to do something because we don't want to have Monroe die. Like, they just – I think they didn't want to forget his fucking name because they were so terrified in dialogue that they would forget his fucking name, so they just had to keep repeating it over and over again <laughs> as they were trying to figure out how to end this fucking movie where I'm trying to go into my calm space, and I'm like, I'm just going to go listen to fucking Macarena on loop for like five minutes just to, you know, get my fucking, you know, my, my spirit up <laughs> to push forward to the ending of this movie. Um, so, again, yes, back in the helicopter, Sam gets a call where his headset that the quarantine's been put up the double court, but there's a problem at the station. Slime is covering all the walls, and the officers tell Sam that we have Brian in that office with Monroe, and there's also another man trapped in his office as well. We never find out who the other man is. I don't think he exists. Um, but the man, Brian, who we saw earlier with his wife, Cheryl, his body is melting pretty fucking hard. His face is all distorted. He's all slimy. He's all gross, spewing no, liquid okay. all over Monroe. That's who yeah. this guy was then. 
Oh, okay. This was the, yeah, it was Brian. Who was Brian again? He was Cheryl's <laughs> husband. The guy that got the placenta down throat. I thought the guy that got the placenta down throat, his mouth was all ripped off and shit. No, it just went down his did, mouth. Like it literally just see, entered his body cavity. So wait, who was the guy whose fucking mouth was ripped off then? Which one? That was Paul. Paul had his mouth ripped off. Uh, Wait, what ripped Paul's mouth off? <laughs> the body melt. The ghoul is confused. The movie. I, I, this whole fucking movie made me confused. Again, I, I cut out <laughs> so long ago in this film that it was like my, my fucking brain couldn't handle the stupidity of it anymore. Because and I, I like took fucking notes, fucking and because movie. I did the narration, I know this. Oh, Ryan loved to present that <laughs> Brian, after the placenta went down his throat, got arrested. Sam says that they arrested Sam, they arrested Brian for the murder of his wife. They think he murdered her, so they take him to the station where he's going to be held until he goes to jail. So and that's why when he shows up later, girl. yes, Cheryl was the pregnant girl. Yes, because if you weren't really following along, you just look at the fucking shirt he's wearing. It's the same shirt that he walked into the room with when he sees Cheryl's body being ripped open. And all of a sudden, the placenta attacks him. So he's wearing the exact same shirt, but now he's been infected because that placenta went down. I wasn't paying attention to what fucking shirt he was wearing. I was watching. Trying to fucking baby out of her belly. I was because I had to figure out who the fuck he was. I said the exact same fucking thing. Like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I'm like, oh shit, wait, that's Brian because he was arrested. He's wearing that same fucking shirt. Detail that I caught because I have to do fucking notes. So I was like, I got it. I'm going to explain it. It's going to be fine. That's Brian. He's been infected. He's also body melting, spilling liquid all over the place. And then Brian finally fucking melts as Willie the coroner enters the room to see all the Swami carnage all over Monroe, all over Jordan, all over the other police that are in the area. And that's when Sam suggests that Jono take a fucking aspirin. He's like, you think I need to take an aspirin? You need to take a fucking aspirin. Like, I was like, why are we talking about fucking aspirin? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like, the guy, like, did he explode? No, he just fucking died. I was like, why did they make this explosion sound effect? Like, he was in bits. No, he just fucking died. Like, I was like, okay. He just collapsed onto the ground, and the coroner's like, oh, wow, this is the most fucked up thing I've seen today. Has it? Has it really? Because he saw the fucking other bodies. Like, that's kind of impressive. But no, Willie's impressed by this fucking body that just, again, hasn't exploded, hasn't done nothing, just fucking dies. So... Anyway, Paul was with the family in the health clinic, right? Is that who what? he came with? Paul. Paul. That Paul was a noble family the that was in the. The noble the family noble went to Zimmerville. That was the whole fuck. The, the dude that fucking had all the snot all over his face. And then Angelica, <laughs> the wife, that had the tongue fucking explode. And then Eloise, who just did fucking nothing, is fine because she didn't eat the food. And she was like, oh shit, it's in the food. And that's why her brother Brandon's dead. That's why Angelica's dead. That's why Thompson's dead. She didn't have anything to eat at Vimoville. So that's why she they, survives. But they don't fucking tell you that. You just have to fucking remember. And they have nothing to do with Paul. <laughs> no, Paul never made it to Vimoville, the hell spa. He fucking melted in his house. Like, he was the one that attacked Carrera. And Carrera tried to give him the shot, but he got strangled by Paul instead after Paul ripped his ear off. Oh, Paul was and the Paul guy with the ear on his hand. Yes, that was Paul. I thought the fucking ear was growing out of his hand. 
I thought it was like a mutant or no. something, like the ones from the fucking uh, farm. No, he ripped it off because when he went to see Carrera, he has a bandage over his fucking head, and he can't listen out of one side of his head because his ear's gone. Because Paul ripped Carrera? it off. The doctor. The one that was the doctor to Cheryl who was giving her the pills. He was the oh, one that was behind the whole oh, fucking experiment. Oh, the fucking science, the scientist guy. Yes, that's name. Carrera. <laughs> yes, Dr. fucking Carrera. The scientist guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I do, I do fucking notes and I do the character names. That's fucking Dr. Carrera. They call him that at least 20 fucking times. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's Carrera. <laughs> fucking I couldn't understand the dialogue in this, in this movie. Face. They were fucking speaking another uh, it, language. And you know what? They didn't fucking give you, you subtitles. They did not give me subtitles. They were not fucking available at all. I was pissed. I was like, come on, you can't give me a subtitle track? I can't understand these Aussie fucks. I just like looking at their oh, fucking no, women typically on Love Island, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this might be my greatest fucking episode of this year. <laughs> I'm like, I wrote down everybody's fucking name and their fucking relationship with each other. And I was like, this is, I, I got it. And all of a sudden, like, who the fuck was that? God damn it. <laughs> That's a Carrera. They said it in dialogue. I had it in my notes. It's correct. Uh, you know, but so fucking Detective Sam and Jono, they go to the petrol station from earlier that Ryan was at, and Sam wants to go inside and get some aspirin for Jono. And when he goes inside, the same petrol attendant's there, and he's like, ah, you got these fucking meth heads running around. Like, it's crazy out there. You got to watch yourself. Like, that guy from earlier was fucked up. And Sam's like, well, that's all right. Where's your aspirin? And he points in the direction. But all of a sudden, the camera's like, nope, we're going in the opposite direction. And we get a fucking Zoom shot onto a shelf where there's a bunch of Vimoville tablets waiting to be bought. And then, oh, shit. (laughs) we're, We're finished. Again, like, it was fucking absurd. I was like, okay, all right, so there's, there's some there. I can't wait for the sequel. Fine. Like, well, <laughs> apparently the anthology wasn't going to work for them. It would have made more sense to do an anthology movie with this fucking thing, because when you slam four stories together, this is what you get where you're constantly cutting back and forth. Like, what, like, what the fuck did Paul do for a career? Like, they never explained it. Like, did fucking Gino die? They never explained that. Like, because they tried to allude that, like, Paul was in, like, sex trafficking at one point, where, like, he goes to the airport and he kidnaps women. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But they never go back to it. Like, the, the ghost woman tells him that he's a sex trafficker. And he's like, well, I mean, I do go there and I do check out women. But, like, I was like, what, what, why? Why do we have to add this extra fucking element to this one-dimensional character? Then he's well, a sex I also trafficker. I was taking it too from him seeing that beat up chick, like that was like his abused yeah. like ex wife or something like that, you know. But they they don't bother explaining any of that. No, because she like tells that. him at the airport, and that's the one thing that I forgot to say is that when she appears, she asks him if she could stay at his house. She's like, "Could I just crash at your place for a little while?" And then she fucking vanishes. And when she comes back, she's in his fucking place, and she's like, "Oh wow, your place is shit," like I had said. But then she disappears and never fucking comes back. You know, we get fucking rib lady who's fucking taking a rib out of his fucking stomach. Like, who the fuck is that? Is that supposed to be the disformed woman? Nope. Never get an explanation. It's just like, you know, we're, just, we're moving on. <laughs> well, sometimes hallucinations he, don't have explanations, and I get that. You know, that does happen. Yeah. 
I tried to figure out who the fuck she was, and I couldn't find anything. I actually researched it to try to find if I could find out who this woman was in his dream, but it never came up. Just, I guess he was doing something that involved taking body parts off of people, and that's why she was taking something from him. But, yeah, the movie just fucking ends, and we go to more well, fucking techno music, courtesy of Philip Brophy, the director, because he also would be a composer. I thought that was just like a, a religious thing, because, you know, is it in the Bible? Is it that how a woman is made? She's made from the rib? God took Adam's I thought that was just what they were alluding to with that. I mean, not to say like, oh my God, like look at this deep part of this terrible movie. But if he was an abuser and he was a trafficker, you know, he did all his wrong to women. Meanwhile, you know, the, the idea is that, you know, they needed him to be created in the first place. I don't know. I, I thought he took out his own rib to fucking suck his own dick. I thought that's why he did it. <laughs> or was that Marilyn Manson? Mar- I thought that was Marilyn Manson. No, so it wasn't Adam. Okay. So, all right. Well, now I know. Now I know. Thank you for, for blood uh, melt, uh, body melt to explain it. God damn it. Fucking movie. Marilyn all my Manson fucking notes. It? Like, I, I had pages of fucking notes. <laughs> why did I make pages of notes in this movie? <laughs> it's just all. I even... I even looked up the Wikipedia page because like, usually the Wikipedia will give you some idea about like nope. characters. There's it was nothing a fucking on the paragraph. Wikipedia. It was a fucking paragraph. <laughs> oh, these people take fucking pills that they found in the mailbox and they fucking melt. <laughs> that was oh, no, the <laughs> description. The best is if you look at production like, on Wikipedia, it says the film was made in like two days. And that was it. Yeah. So like over like two, over like it's between yeah. like two dates and like that's all they give you. They give you one sentence. For production, <laughs> and then, just, and then yeah. when you go to the IMDb, when you go to IMDb for the, you know, did you know about this movie? It only has like five things on it. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that Philip Brophy's made the music for the movie? Wow, like that's like literally the one, like, and he's probably doing it. He's probably going to Wikipedia and writing this fucking thing himself. He's like, yeah, people need to know about body melt, right? <laughs> All right, mate, I'm gonna tell you about body melt. And uh, it's a movie I made, you know, and I did the soundtrack, and I also wrote it, and I also made it. Does anybody want to go on my Indiegogo campaign for Body Melt 10? Because I got it ready. No. Is that a fucking four? And that is the entire director commentary on the DVD. <laughs> I made the movie, I made the music, and that's it. <laughs> I, I was trying to make a social commentary on health issues and uh, fascism in the health food industry. And if you didn't get it, then I guess you didn't understand the movie. And no, I, I, what? Okay. Yeah, because there's a lot of that on, on uh, Wikipedia, too. But he was making a fucking movie about the health food industry and it's fascism. Like, I, in, in Australia. In Australia, which I think mm-hmm. is the key word there. Is in, in Australia. Australia. So, so, so maybe that's the thing. Maybe because Where? we, as as Americans, Down under. were all gung ho fucking crocodile Dundee was our our Australian Fantastic movie. At, that, at, at that point. You know, no, we didn't have the crocodile hunter yet. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's, that's really the problem. Maybe that's why we were missing everything Crikey. out. Yeah, we're, we're missing out on, on all the the social commentary that was occurring in this genius movie. Yeah, well, well, all we had other than that was uh, Midnight Oil and Yahoo Serious with Young Einstein. <laughs> How can Young you say that's yeah. your beds are burning? 